Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today we're going to be talking all about healthy blood flow. Before we begin, I just wanted to let you know about a few things happening in my community right now. I have a six-part masterclass series that I am doing. I'm halfway through. I've recorded three and we're about to do number four. So if you want to learn more about the quantum terrain and interference fields and circadian biology and an intro to bioenergetics and how to optimize your lymphatics and fascia and extracellular matrix and what the foundations of health are um, and your supporting your organs of elimination, check out in the show notes a link. And our number four class is going to be all about EMF and sleep. So check that out. It's been a lot of fun. I wanted to put all of my current information and knowledge in one in series. So it's been a lot of fun to produce and share. And the other thing that is very exciting, if you are a practitioner out there, check out my pro mentorship. It's just complimentary. I felt really compelled to do a three-part series to just share what I'm learning from really the front line of patient care. I know many of you out there feel maybe alone or needing to flesh out some of the things that you are seeing in practice. So I wanted to make it very clinically relevant. So my first recorded lecture that you can find already, if you want to take a look at the show notes, is all about mast cell activation and histamine intolerance. This one coming up is going to be all about long COVID. So you can check our long haulers. So you can check that out as well. And then the third and final one in the series is going to be all about an introduction to bioenergetics in your practice. So check those out. I'm always creating and always trying to figure out how I can scale what I'm seeing. I have the honor and privilege of seeing so many wonderful, beautiful patients each week, and I'm learning so much from them. And I want their journey to be shared in the sense of how their experience can help others. And I know many of them feel compelled about that as well. So check all that information out. And that's why I'm going to be talking about healthy blood flow. So with modern times and really the issues around long haulers and even an acute COVID infection, we've just seen more attacks on our blood flow. So my dear friend, Dr. Beverly Rubick, who is a biophysicist out of UC Berkeley, she found that even EMF, non-5G EMF created Rouleau in the blood. So I think it was 4G that she found that when somebody was wearing a cell phone for in a period of time, that there would be this clumping of red blood cells, you know, and health can get complicated. But at the same time, we go down to principles of health is flow. So when there is flow and fluidity and not congestion and stagnation and clumping in the body, we have more health when we have blood flow to deliver all this beautiful oxygenated, high nutrient rich blood to our tissue space, right? It travels a long way to get to the microcirculation where all the action is, where we're delivering really, you know, beautiful nutrition. And then our at our microcirculation level, that's where our lymphatics start. Basically, fluid leaves the capillary space and much of it stays in that extracellular matrix before it drains into the lymphatic capillaries and becomes lymphatic fluid. And so our blood and our lymph are very connected. So we know EMF is just increasing. I saw an ad out, I think, for, with, I, I can't remember what company, maybe uh, T-Mobile was advertising 10G. And I'm just like, we're all good in applicating app 
you know, basically acclimated to 5G. So we're on this trajectory of more and more assaults by these frequencies that we need to look at. Of course, they make modern life so beautiful in the way that we can connect with everybody and we have all this knowledge at our fingertips. However, we need to look at the biological consequences more and more, especially for our children. So we know that. And then my other friend, Dr. Gerald Pollack, you know, he's been a really pioneer in bringing about the biological implications of the fourth phase of water or structured water, you know, out there and into mainstream or, you know, more, more and more mainstream. It's not quite mainstream yet, but that's why we're doing these things to get it out there. And he found also that EMF will destructure, you know, the water within us. And we need really good uh, structured water within our fascia and our lymphatics. And even I believe it has a role in the fluidity of our blood. So that is just like another kind of clinical pearl I had in my brain I wanted to share. So we have all these attacks, right, between EMF, modern day toxicity, and spike protein that are affecting the vascular uh, linings of our uh, vascular system, as well as the blood within, you know, in the tubing, if you will. And you know, where I'll start is we have the lining of the blood vessels, we have the endothelium, and then we have this part of the blood vessels called the endothelial glycocalyx. This was new to me to discover. I knew about the endothelium, and I recently learned in the past year or two about the endothelial glycocalyx, and there have been studies about the, how the spike protein can affect this fine layer. It's almost like the fascia within the lymph. I kind of think about it, and there are these beautiful proteoglycan uh, structures, these feathery-like projections within the blood vessels that help to move the fluid dynamics in, you know, in the tubes, right? And it also has a big signaling effect in the nitric oxide pathways, the nitric oxide pathways that we want that encourage, you know, good microcirculatory flow. So, you know, we have spike protein. And then we have essentially over the years, I've been treating Lyme and co-infections and all the infections that come along with that. And we know that some co-infections love the lining of the blood vessels and create you know, essentially biofilm communities where they're get, hanging out, getting this nourishing blood and evading the immune system. So that can also affect our blood flow, right? So we're, we're you know, looking at all these things, if you are wondering, like, do I have bad blood flow? Think about your circulation. Think about whether or not you have low energy, air hunger, if you have varicose veins, you know, things like that. I've been measuring all of my patients' D-dimers lately, and that's a measure of fibrin in the blood. So the more fibrin, the higher the D-dimer. And many of my patients are coming up with that. I think it's because of the spike protein issues that I just discussed. And then fibrinogen, we look at another marker and coagulation. We also look at HSCRP, which is C-reactive protein and can be another cardiovascular inflammatory marker. So these are markers you could ask your provider to look at through a blood test. Dr. Stephanie, who was just on the podcast, even reminded me, I totally forgot about the Berkeley Life nitric oxide test strips that you can use to essentially test your saliva and see if you have low nitric oxide and replenishing that can also help with restoring blood flow. So 
some of the things to think about in generating great blood flow is that we want to make sure that we have movement in our lives. We want to stay hydrated, you know, with structured water that's full of electrolytes and minerals. I write a lot about that on my website. So you can take a look, especially in my store, I curate different products that I know are so beneficial to hydrate ourselves. And then grounding, right? Grounding is creating a contact, especially with your bare feet or your bare body uh, with Mother Earth. And there is research to show that it helps with blood flow and decreasing inflammation and really gaining and absorbing electrons in our bodies. So it's it's a wonderful way to stay healthy and connected to nature. And I do believe it also has a beautiful effect on our parasympathetic nervous system, which is really important, right, for our healing. Uh, So those are some things that you can think about, you know, grounding, moving, hydration, drinking structured water. Again, we have the spring aqua. There's also the aqua energizer. I like to put that in my bathtub and actually have a structured water bath. That's been a really lovely addition to my lifestyle. I've been looking at the Analima wand. I've been using it. Dave Asprey had it on his podcast and I think Luke's story does as well now. And I've been using it. I actually feel like a a big difference when I use the the wand in my water. It's very energizing. And that came out of Dr. Pop's lab. And that is a way that we can stir our water and create coherent, stable water that actually doesn't go out of phase. So check that out. So grounding, hydration, movement. And then I'll just share a couple supplements that I use. I use a lumbrokinase, especially a company called Baluki that is very helpful in a digesting fibrin. It comes from earthworms, which is really cool. It's an enzyme that the earthworms create and it helps to break down fibrin and clotting. I also use serapeptase, a company called NRX, and that's really good for inflammation and also breaking down excess fibrin. That whole piece around the endothelial glycocalyx, I actually, you know, learned through a company called Arterocell, and we, we do share that product at my store and I put it in my protocols, and it is an extract of a certain seaweed, and it also has other nutrients, but it helps to heal and repair the endothelial glycocalyx. So we've been getting pretty good results with that. And then uh, I love Supreme Nutrition's Don Shen. That's Chinese red sage. That is really lovely. Um, We used it for Bartonella protocols forever, but it helps to improve circulation. So, and then the spleen gemo that I just created too. Remember the spleen has to filter our blood and it's part of the lymphatic system. It's often forgotten. So if we're on the left side of the body, we know if you've had acute mono, they're always worried that your spleen's going to get swollen. And so, so a lot of my patients have chronic reactive activated Epstein-Barr, so they can have some spleen issues. Also, if you have Babesia or any other Lyme and co-infections, that can, you know, put more stress on the spleen. And so we created this liposomal gemo to help support the spleen's filtering of the blood. So those are wonderful tools. I use a lot of ozone in my practice as well, and we use ozone nasally and uh, through the ears. There's a company called Simply O3 that has a really great home unit. We use it in major auto heme, UVBI, Ten pass and even I just recently got an ebu, which we'll do a whole series on. Uh, but I'm super excited, and that really, whenever you do ozone, the blood looks more vibrant and red. It helps to ozone is three oxygen strung together, and it breaks down to oxygen in the body. So it uh, creates this really oxygen rich environment after creating an oxidative burst. So those are really important. And then I guess I'll end on. It sounds a little 
may be simplistic, but it's so important that I educate a lot just because I feel very much a student and it's changed my life, especially with all the stress I've gone through over the last three years and going through my brain surgery and all the you know things that I've had to really move through in the last three years. And then that is meditation. And meditation is a practice that you'll find your way, you know, to create a daily lifestyle. I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is meditate before I do anything else. I try not to look at my phone, look at the email. I just, you know, have a library of Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations that I start my day with. Often I start with his morning meditation. And then also there is the brain tap that can be really helpful. If you're new to this, I love uh, Tony Robbins and how he has this exercise you can find on YouTube called priming. That's really kind of how I started my interest in the early days. And he has a really wonderful way. And all forms of meditation typically have you increase your breath, which is again, going to help increase nasal nitric oxide, helps to increase oxygenation, blood flow in the brain, gets you in a parasympathetic state and gets you in this um, pretty altered state, especially the more advanced breath work you, you do. And then really a lot of them start with breath work, and then opening your heart. And what does that mean? You know, opening your heart means a lot of different things, but it's really leaning into gratitude. And there is science through Dr. Roland McCready's work and the work at HeartMath, and also Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, really showing how powerful gratitude, love, and appreciation are for the human body. And when we really get in these states of really connecting with gratitude, I just think of my family or my loved ones, and of course, my dear Anne-Marie every morning, and that easily opens my heart. When you start from that state, you get a, a rhythmic, coherent heart rate, and that's generating a rhythmic, coherent electromagnetic field from your heart. And that is helping to create a coherent field of information and energy around you, which has a positive effect on our blood flow and our brain and our mental health and our spiritual connection and connecting to something bigger than what we can see with the visible eyes. So just check it out. You know, I know many of us start at different phases of this, but I think have the curiosity of, you know, if you're not doing this already, have a curiosity of finding what modality is going to be great for you. I'd love for you to email me. You can email me at info at drchristineschaffner.com and just share with me, like, what, what are you doing for meditation. And, you know, if you have any gems to share, I would love that. I I love sharing that with my patients and getting more and more resources. We're almost like at a tipping point, right? Of more and more people knowing the positive health impacts that meditation has. Just imagine if the world meditated right now, right? I think we'd be in a different state. (laughs) And, you know, Mother Earth responds. That's that's the work of Dr. Roland McCready as well at HeartMath and the Global Coherence Initiative how they measure the impact, the bi-directional impact of the human to Mother Earth and vice versa. And there's a connection. So when you get in these coherent field states, the Earth is grateful and getting in a coherent field state as well. So check out the research, make your own conclusion of what you're reading. But I don't think we can deny anymore how connected we are. So lots of information. Again, I feel like it's my due diligence. I had a, you know, very healthy, vibrant neighbor just have a stroke the other day, you know, and thank goodness he's okay. But I just really feel that this is on the top of my mind to make sure you're educated about blood flow, you know, markers about what to look for if you have a concern. 
and you have some action steps and solutions right now. So I hope this is um, helpful and I'm so grateful for you being part of my community and tuning into the podcast. So have a beautiful day. Thank you so much.